Side to row to center. Lundig shoots. He scores! Johnny Lundig does it again! Jarvis in close shot. There's a goal! Seth Jarvis, the 17-year-old. Short side, glove side, high, just under the crossbar. Cutting to the front of the net, and they score. Reese Newkirk along the right wing just took the pass. That was phenomenal patience from Seth Jarvis and the winner. Hey, this is Reese Newkirk, and you're listening to the Pucklandia podcast. Welcome into Pucklandia. Uh, pleased to be joined by PNW Hockey Talks uh, Chief Cook and Bottle Washer Josh Kreitzer. Uh, been, uh, my apologies to the listeners. It's been a while since we've done a show, but uh, we're going to try to recap. You know the the second unit power play on the you know the the, the Wenatchee game from Thanksgiving and and uh, and, and go from there. Uh, what, what, do you, what do you think about that level of detail, Josh? <laughs> you think that's necessary? You know, you never know sometimes, Chad. You know, the, the, the uh, Pucklandia listeners are loyal, and they are the diehard fans, so uh, they may not uh, mind that conversation, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, pull up the, I'll pull up the score sheet. But, um, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of ways we can go. I mean, we talked, you know, off air a little bit about, you know, we don't want to, you know, that we're, we're recording this uh, six days, five and a half days, I guess, technically before uh, dead, trade deadline. So, you know, this team may look very differently. The you know by in 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 six days, but uh, or it might not. I mean, you know, we don't we don't know. I mean, they they do like to add things. Um, I guess maybe maybe let's start there with the the move that they they have done and bringing in an NCAA defenseman. In, uh, in in Jugnoth, uh, I know you are the uh, resident uh, NCAA expert, and uh, I'm at, you know I don't I don't know if you still have time to, to follow that league as closely as you have in the past, but you know we've definitely seen results, you know here in the WHL. I mean, what what uh, what's kind of your broad brush feelings on Tyson Jugnoth so far? You know, I, I really like the the Jugnoth acquisition. He's you know, I, I think the price that they paid for for the talent that they got, I think is is they got a good deal on that. Uh, you know, I, I think he's the type of player that you look at, and I think we saw it in that Everett overtime shift that he had before Stefan scored. Where, yeah, this is when you look up the definition of a Portland Winterhawks defenseman and the style. Jugnoth, his face pops up, right? Like that's just, he's offensively gifted. He's a single man breakout and he's got tremendous stick skills. He's great with the puck. Uh, you know, I think he's still kind of learning the league a little bit with his shot and kind of the defensive zone coverage and kind of playing within a, a structure that's very different than what he had at Wisconsin. Uh, you know, I, I did still kind of follow the, I still follow the league. You know, I, I, I try to catch as many of the university of Minnesota gopher games as I can. A lot of them are on delay nowadays because the Winterhawks are playing at the same time. And, and that's where my loyalty is at the moment. So there's just a lot of that. Um, but I, I've, I've seen Jugnath play uh, multiple games, you know, both against the university of Minnesota, and then I've seen him play against uh, uh, Michigan Wolverines, and you know he's he's now in his third system. You know he has played under, under Tony Granato before, and then Wisconsin changed head coaches, brought in Mike Hastings, who you know came from Minnesota, Minnesota State Mankato. Um, I think I'm saying that right. They've kind of had their their name has changed a little bit over the years, but um, he's a little bit more of a defensive-minded coach, very structured coach uh, for for fans of the you know World Juniors are going on right now. Mike Hastings was he coached the uh, men's World Juniors team uh, as well, so uh, great coach there. Uh, but he's kind of preaches the defensive side of the game first, and Jugnoth fell kind of out of favor there and was kind of looking to play a little bit more. You know, he's a he's a prospect of the Kraken. So anytime you have a player like that who's drafted there and is trying to get signed, he's he's going to want to play. And, uh, you know, one of the big differences, we're not going to get into the NCAA versus CHL path and 
you know, right now uh, in this conversation, but is just number of games. Uh, Wisconsin plays two games a week, Friday, Saturday, uh, you know, and the Winterhawks sometimes have three games in three nights and uh, will play four games in five days as well. So there's just a lot more games there, but uh, I think Jugnoth has done a, a tremendous job of, of coming in, uh, getting used to uh, his teammates, getting used to the style uh, of play. But I think there's still a little bit more. We haven't quite seen the, the full potential of what Jugnoth is quite capable of, even though we've seen some flashes of it. Yeah, you mentioned that overtime shifts, and I think I had forgot about that. And then, you know, right when you mentioned it, it just kind of popped up, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, it, it kind of reminded me of that that one with uh, the, the Mooseheads, the, the the year that they, they beat Portland in Memorial Cup, and, and that Jonathan Drouin shift where he just cruised around, reverse-hitting guys, nobody can get the puck off of them, like that kind of a thing. And, and yeah, that, I, 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 do, I do recall that that play that you speak of, you know, and yeah, that was a, uh, yeah, it was a good sign, you know, as far as trying to, 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 you know, throw, throw a guy out there in, in three on three and, and, and really open it up and, and see what he's capable of. And, and yeah, you know, a, a point a game so far and yeah, I mean, eight, eight already got in eight games. I mean, he probably, he probably only played eight games for Wisconsin to, to, to date this year. Just, you know, I, I, if I was to guess, yeah, and and it's just a it's a different type of game and it's a different style of game and and especially in the NCAA, you know, it tends to be a little bit more of the older players for the most part. You have to be at least 18 uh, to play. You occasionally have some 17-year-olds at the start of the year. Uh, but you know, like the University of Minnesota's goalie is 25 years old, right? Like the you know, are we talking Jake Gracious at that point? Like for for Winterhawks fans, that would be you know going up against a player who's 25 and probably even older than Jake Gracious actually. Um, but you know, the NCAA is just sometimes it's grown men that are playing that game as opposed to kind of playing against your peers a little bit with with what Chugnoff is having now. Uh, so you know, I think from from that standpoint too, it's maybe a little bit easier for him. He he goes from being one of the younger guys to maybe one of the older guys as a 19 year old. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's there's just some it's just a different atmosphere. It's a different perspective. It's a different form of travel. You know, he was being able to kind of fly charter to riding a bus. Uh, it's a little bit of a different form of travel uh, to getting to the games and such. But, uh, you know, from, from all accounts and, you know, I've talked to him a couple times on record. I've talked to him a couple times off record. He's just having a lot of fun and he's, he's got a very uh, contagious smile and you can kind of see the flow out of the back of the helmet a little bit. So uh, he's just having a good time, and, and I think he's relaxed a little bit, and he's allowed to kind of play freely. And when you have a skilled player like Jugmath, and you've seen it with Canyoni at times, uh, and, and Southern to an extent as well, when you know Mike Johnson gives the, his defenseman free reign, and you want to go, go. And that's Jugnath's style. And you know sometimes are there going to be mistakes in the defensive zone? 100%. But then he's going to have that offensive zone shift. He's going to have that that breakout pass that led to to the first goal or the second goal. Um, I can't remember which. I think it was the first goal of that of the weekend or the most recent game to Josh Kreski, where you know he kind of you know feeds it up ice and gets Portland out of, out of the zone. And so th- there's going to be goods and bads uh, that come with it. I think he had a, a plus four night and you know pl- plus minus is always a you know an interesting statistic. But you know he's had a couple of, of plus four nights, which if not. If, you're at least doing something right if you've got a plus four. So um, I, I, I think there's a lot to like there, and I think that's kind of a sneaky um, acquisition that, that Johnson was able to make. And, you know, it's, you know, from Kamloops' perspective, you know, they they found you know, newfound money, I think, as, as John Keane had, had put it, you know, the guy they weren't going to get, the guy that wasn't going to play there. Uh, but is able to to come to Portland and, uh, you know, it doesn't cost uh, Portland too much. You know, I, you know, it's a, you know, um, you know, just a, just a couple of picks and, uh, you know, some of that has to do with, you know, the conditions if he's back next year as a 20 year old and, and things like that. But if you look at some of the prices that, that are going right now, um, especially after what we saw today with, with the geeky and Savoy trade, uh, so, some of those prices are, are, are pretty high, um, you know, Everett paid a, paid a second round uh, pick to get an overage defenseman as well, kind of an offensive defenseman. So um, I, I feel like they, they they kind of paid right in line with with kind of market value, maybe even a little bit of a discount. Yeah, I mean, and 
if you're if you're Kamloops on that deal, I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of the Adam Tambellini trade a number of years ago with uh, with the Hitman that was a player that Portland had on their list and and wasn't going to sign. It didn't really have room in the lineup for him anyway, and and you know they were on the top of the cycle at that time, and and that pick turned into to Cody Glass if I, if memory serves, and so yep. you, you know that's uh, you know it, you you have. You have these players' rights, and and sometimes you can sign them, and sometimes you turn it into something else, you know. Which, you know, side note, as a uh, as as a, a backer of, of the Gophers, I've I've been uh, tweeting at the St. Louis Blues that they should really sign Snuggerud and and do so in the next <laughs> four days. You know, with the tournament he's having. I mean, uh, what you know? Do you you, you think uh, you think he signs a pro deal here um, by the weekend? <laughs> I, I don't. Um, as much as I would love to see him in in Portland. Uh, you know, uh, it kind of happened with, with Chaz Lucius a little bit. You know, that, that I think if it was going to happen, it would have happened in, in the – I know you're probably saying tongue-in-cheek a little bit, but, uh, you know, uh, but you know, like the Lucius, you know, he signed, you know, from the Gophers during the off season. And then and then left type of thing. So um, you know the Govers have had that happen to him in years past. I think it was Kyle Poso, but I don't think he went to the. I don't think he went to juniors from that. I think he went right to the Islanders, if I'm remembering uh, my Gopher pains correctly. Um, but yeah, Snuggerud, he did come to a Neely Cup when he was 15 years old. So uh, you know we have seen him in Portland. I've actually interviewed him as a you know as a as a Winterhawks prospect. Uh, you know dating back years ago and. Um, you talk about a guy who would be absolutely dynamic. <laughs> Jimmy Snuggerud, that, that shot he has is just, it's second to none. And anyone who watched World Juniors today, you got to see what, you know, what go for fans and, and, and why Mike Johnson was able to identify that as, as a talent. And uh, I know you put it out there all the time that, you know, Mike doesn't always get these guys coming here, but he is, you know, really good at identifying some of the talent. You know, Matthew Nyes uh, was another one who is just a tremendous player, and you know, went you know went right from college to to uh, to the Toronto Maple Leafs organization, and um, you know, he was a player that you know that the Winterhawks had identified out of Arizona. So uh, you know, well, a lot of a lot of players like that, and you know, sometimes you never know what, what might be out there. But you know, Snuggerud Snuggerud has had a NCAA path for for a while, and his dad's got connections to, to the University of Minnesota and, and all that. So I would be very, very, very surprised. But you know, stranger things have happened. Yeah, for you know, most of you listening to this, you'll you'll know if uh, if the Americans won gold or not. I'm I'm sure that they did. But, uh, <laughs> but, but but we'll see. I mean, they, I mean, typically they're lacking in firepower, but that apparently was the Canadians this year. But uh, well, when you leave through the what CHL leading scorer or at least the WHL leading scorer, Riley Hyde at home, you know, and you're struggling to score goals, that's that's tough. Yeah, which again is usually the the Americans like to do that. Leave the uh, the top yeah. the top guys, you know, in the you know in in the, in, in major junior, but. I guess on that note, I mean, you maybe that's a maybe that's a transition into uh, you know the the World Juniors. You know, again for for Canada being over, and uh, well, it'll be over for everybody by the time you listen to this, for the most likely. But and so we saw some of the trades come down today with uh, the players from from Wenatchee. I mean, that's a, I mean, it's 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 a crazy world. I mean, you know, get, by, by the way, keep, keep your eye out for uh WHL unfiltered and doing a, uh, a, a, a mid deadline recap show here. Uh, you know, shortly, if you're, if you're into that type of thing, I like to listen to both shows, but, um, you know, Josh, what, what do you, what do you see of the, uh, the, the, currently the top team in the, in the U S division, uh, moving out two of their best guys. Yeah. It's a, it's a very polarizing conversation. And decision that that Wenatchee had to make. You know, they're sitting top of the U.S. division, and you know, I think they, you know, there was a lot of speculation. You know, would Zach Benson get returned back from the Buffalo Sabers? And I think if he was, that that would have changed a lot of dynamics of this league as well. And uh, but yeah, that you know, Wenatchee is just a, a really strong team. And we've seen firsthand in Portland what Connor Geeky's all about with his natural hat, tri- hat trick to, you know, come back in the third period and then win it in overtime for his fourth straight goal. Uh, so you've seen the the playmaking and just absolute, you know, take over a game capability that Geeky has. But, you know, when Anchi was kind of dealt a, 
a pretty unfortunate hand with how all the trades went down last year and you know with, with you know with Winnipeg basically emptying the cupboard before they made the trade or before they you know moved the team from from Winnipeg to to Wenatchee and so they basically had no draft capital whatsoever and so you know they could either choose to compete this year and have a really strong year and, you know, probably be the favorites in the West. You know, I think Prince George would like to have a word about that, and I don't think they're done adding at this point. But, you know, you're looking at being, you know, first or second favorites probably in the Western Conference to now where you're probably – they'll still be a playoff team by 100%. You know, they're not going to fall completely off off, off with everything. But they're, they're just – it's a tough spot. And so they've elected to, to move Geeky and Savoy and – you know, in doing so, I think they recouped like four first round picks. They got three roster players that are going to be able to, I think at least three, um, maybe two, two for sure, I should say, um, and Fluker and, and McGarity, um, or McGarity, depending upon how, how he pronounces his name. But, though, you know, that's the joys of sometimes these Eastern teams. You don't necessarily know the names as well as, as you do out West, at least until some of this crossover gets going again. But, you know, I think... You know, in, in my opinion, I think they did the right thing. Uh, you know, they, they kind of helped welcome, you know, the, the, the Wenatchee fan base of here's what the Western League is all about. I know there's some people of the mindset that if, if you're, if you're going to make that trade, you know, make those trades beforehand. Don't don't leave it, you know, at the trade deadline. Don't get the fans' hopes up and kind of crush them. But, you know, Wenatchee's, you know, they've, they've supported that program and that team from – the North American Hockey League, the NAL, which is kind of junior B, if you will. Um, you know, it's a step below the, the USHL, which is below the NCAA. Um, and they started in the NAL, then they went to the BCHL, and now to the to the WHL. So I think it's a, it's a loyal fan base that's probably understanding of it and understands what needs to happen. I think there might be some casual fans of like, hey, wait a minute, like, why don't we just get rid of our two best players for all this stuff? But... You know, it's going to keep them competitive. They basically now have, you know, Alan Caldwell does a, a tremendous job of of keeping up a WHL spreadsheet that of all the draft picks and everything. And they basically went from not having any draft picks in the first four rounds over the next three years to a pretty normal, pretty stable, healthy, you know, number of selections in, in all the rounds now. So uh, I, I think they did it right. I think they made the right decision. You know, from a Portland's fan standpoint, for the vast majority of people who are listening to this show, uh, I think you couldn't be happier that they're out of Wenatchee and that they didn't go to Prince George uh, or Everett. Um, I know Everett was sniffing around Savoy there for a little while, so uh, you just you just never know. But now those guys are out of the division, out of the conference, and if you do see them, you're probably pretty happy because that means you're in the WHL final. So... Another guy that you know, there's there's rumors about, and a player I'm not that familiar with at all in in Nate Danielson, and I'm trying to do a little research. I'm uh, I'm hoping to hoping to talk to a friend of mine that works for the Brandon newspaper about him. I mean, is that? I mean, I don't know what you've heard or not heard, or you know, public or off the record or whatever. But I mean. This is a guy that, you know, I, I think we were obligated to talk about a little bit. And, yep. you know, his numbers this year aren't good, but he, you know, made Team Canada. And, you know, one goal, two assists in five games, you know, is that struggling? Is that not struggling? I mean, I mean, Canada obviously needed more goals than they – than they came through with. I mean, this is a but this is a player that you know is a, a first round pick with a with a pro deal in his pocket. So there is you know there's something there whether this is you know whether he's he's slumping or not. I mean, kind of what's your kind of what's your feelings about this player? Yeah, I think Nate Danielson is is absolutely on the Winterhawks' radar, and you know we, we've seen some of the national guys like Jeff Merrick. Uh, talk that talk about and put out there that that Portland's interested. I, I can confirm through some of my um, sources that that they are having conversations around Danielson and have been doing scouting and understanding, just kind of making sure, like, hey, is this the type of player that's going to um, fit our system, fit our style? Uh, you know, he is a little bit more of a bigger body 
uh, you know, he's got got some got some size to him. He's got he's got a good frame. Um, you know, he's got I think they got him listed at what six two, one hundred eighty, hundred ninety somewhere in there. And you know, he's he's playing a, on a Brandon Wheat Kings team that's that's kind of struggled. And you know, I don't know how much is around him. I know that there's another guy that that's uh, on the Wheat Kings that's maybe not uh, as more of a bigger name that that they've kind of been sniffing around a little bit as well that you know could maybe come over in a package or something like that but you know you know brandon's kind of you know they're kind of up and down you know the the middle part of of the of the eastern conference there is kind of kind of jumbled and you know if you win one night you're in fourth if you lose you're in seventh type of thing you know that it's just it's a lot you know pretty jumbled there in the middle of the pack and and brandon's probably looking around going okay we've seen the move saskatoon's made we've seen what swift current has done we've seen moose job medicine had is primed for the future they've got some of their really young players that are playing strong games right now and, and putting up a ton of points as well so you know i think they're probably looking at some of these prices going okay let's you know we can probably make it you know in, in the playoffs we can you know maybe get a couple home games try and help our bottom line a little bit but uh a, a guy like danielson coming to the Winterhawks is is probably maybe a breath of fresh air that that he might need i don't know if the player is necessarily struggling but like you said the numbers aren't aren't quite there I know that, you know, the style of play that Brandon plays is not as up-tempo and um, kind of as free-flowing as, as what the Winterhawks have. So I would imagine you would see Danielson's numbers pick up dramatically if he were to come to Portland. We've seen what, what a, a change of scenery can do. Look at what, look at, I mean, Josh Davies, you know, he's on, he was on that Swift Current team. And, you know, he's, you know, I think they're kind of feeling some of, you know, they went out and, and, and got Geeky, right? And they got the Dvorak, uh, you know, and who was a LA Kings prospect, a second rounder. And, um, you know, and so they're kind of feeling some of the loss of Josh Davies. And, you know, Davies has already got a career high in, in you know, goals, you know, half with the half the number of games that he had playing with, with Swift Current. So, you know, Johnson is, is really, and his staff are really good at developing players and developing talent and unlocking these skilled forwards abilities. And I think he could really help Portland. What is the cost? That's, that's going to be the next question. And is Mike Johnson comfortable paying some of these prices we've seen a couple of head coaches and a couple of general managers come out and say they're not comfortable with some of these prices i know red deer's gm came out and said that publicly and in, in a couple of statements and when i talked to mike johnson uh last last week and over the weekend about um you know when morgan stickney was here i had a chance to talk to, to mike about some questions and things and he was just talking about how how expensive these prices are and you look at what 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 Geeky and Savoy went for, and you know Danielson's probably in, in that next ring down, maybe closer to to Savoy, to, to Savoy's cost. But you're looking at at two first round picks, probably at minimum as a starting point, and then you're potentially talking about a roster player, your pop or two. You're probably looking at, at a list player, uh, and then a couple other you know later round picks as well. And you know for for how many years, Chad, did we talk about them recovering from? the Chalosky and Hofer deals and the number first that they gave up and how clever you have to be to try and find some of these, these talented players when you don't have a first round pick. So, um, you know, the Western conference is pretty wide open. I think Prince George has established themselves as probably the favorite right now going into the deadline. You know, Wenatchee's probably going to fall off a little bit. So you're looking at probably Portland, Everett, Vancouver, uh, not Vancouver, Victoria is kind of that, that next ring there. Um, but, you know, Danielson's, you know, he comes in here, he's probably going to slide into that top power play unit. I think, I don't know if you break up the top line with, with, with Klaus and Stefan and Davies, so you're probably slotting him next to Jack O'Brien, moving O'Brien back to the wing, um, and then who that third line winger, or who that who the third member on that line is, you know, you can probably rotate some guys to find the right fit there. Um, so he probably slots in on, on your second line for, for Portland, if that is the move, but you know, it's it's a risk. It's risk reward, and how much are you you wanting to do? And the other thing, I know I'm winded on this answer, but some of the some of the moves that have been out there have been made by teams that are comfortable the next year unloading to try and recover some of those picks. And Mike Johnson's just not one of those guys that next year is going to look at moving a 19 year old Carter Southern. He's just not going to move 
a player of that caliber or move a Diego Batazzoni or a roster player who's got a ton of value to recoup some of those picks. So, you know, Kamloops can make that trade for Zellweger and Hofer and then the next year flip Minton and get back several of those picks. You know, Winnipeg can go acquire all those guys, but then they, they're comfortable moving Savoy and Geeky and recouping those picks now with Wenatchee. Johnson's not that style. He's not going to move those guys. So more likely than not, if you make that trade, you're now talking to your scouts about, okay, we're going to need to find talent that can help us that isn't first-round talent. Well, when you mentioned Budazoni, I mean, for what, most of last year, that that was the only player on Portland that they had traded for, but he and, and he's never played a game in another Western League uniform yep. and, and – you know, at the moment, I mean, they they only have a couple guys that have played anywhere else in, in the league. So, I mean, they are mostly mostly homegrown, and which is always kind of an interesting thing. I mean, you know, if you if you're if you run a Western League team for you know basically 13 years, you know, not not counting the you know the the Pittsburgh experiment. I mean, you're gonna you know I may I've made this point on other other shows that. You know, if you think of Mike Johnson as the guy that will trade a couple of firsts for Marcel Nobles, you know, and, you know, Hofer and, and Ch- uh, Chalosky and, and these kind of guys, or is he the guy that, you know, again, puts his, his roster together completely of, of his own guys that we've seen recently, and or maybe maybe bring in a, a Sean Dosange, you know, and uh, who was the other guy that year that I really liked that didn't cost him much? Matt, Matt Ravel, those kind of guys, yep. you know. Yep. And so Lucas McKenzie styles. Yep. Oh yeah. He, yep. I thought he was great, great addition for the, yep. for that team, but you know, yep. and that, but then you look back at those, you know, those four runs to the finals, you know, and only one in one of them. And you think, you know, were you a, you know, a, a, a one, one piece away from beating Edmonton one of those years, you know, or, or, uh, you know, Kootenai the year before that. You know, and so I wonder. I wonder if that, how much that, you know, keeps you keeps you up at night. I mean, when I had, you know, Brendan Burke on the show, you know, he he talks about how he he literally has nightmares about that game seven, 2014 against Edmonton. You know, mm. and so if you're if you're Mike Johnson, I bet you know, you know, you've had ten years to think about those those Edmonton series, and you know, were you were you one guy away from that, and you know, was that a was that a, a guy you had to trade a, a, a third, a first and a third for, or whatever? You know what I mean? Like, so yep. you, you know that's 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 a balance. You know, I mean, we we you know on on unfiltered, we we often talk about the 2018 Swift Current Broncos, and I would argue they needed every last guy that they went and got to put to put them over the edge. I mean that that team they had three guys, three different guys score um, overtime hat tricks. And so yeah. you argue, you know, if they don't get Mateo Gennaro that year, I mean, maybe somebody else scores a nut over time, but, you know, maybe not, you know, and maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's all it was. You're, you're that one of those guys away from, you know, not winning the thing. So that's, you know, that's yep. the other argument you can make too with, with that kind of, with that kind of thing. Yep. And, and it's one of the things too, that, that is junior hockey is, is, is it's a cycle. Right, and you're seeing the top two teams last year in the West were Seattle and Kamloops. Now this year they're the bottom two teams. Now granted, Seattle's played five less games than some of the other teams around them, so we don't really 100% know exactly what Seattle is. But as the standings are today, that's what it is. And but but Portland year over year over year, they're they're always in the playoffs. They're what are they six years now in a row with with 40 win seasons, five or six years, something like that. And I think there's some you know, Johnson likes being stable, and sometimes that drives fans nuts that, you know, are you willing to be bad for three years for one year of going for it, and then you struggle? You know, what does it do to your attendance when you're not when you're not playing well? You know, Seattle's won 8-1 and one in their last 10 games. Losing's not a lot of fun. Um, you know, Spokane is maybe kind of the exception to the rule right now because the past couple of years they, they haven't quite had the results, but they're still getting fans in, in the building there. Uh, but, you know, what does it do to your attendance? And, you know, are you going to be able to have that? Are you going to be able to, to draw some of the players that, that, that you want? And, and Portland is known within the hockey community as one of the best places to go and develop. And some of that is the consistency year over year. 
and it can drive some people nuts, but it's also, there's some truth to that in the fact that, okay, there might be some, you know, um, yeah, they might finish sixth one year in, in the conference, and the next year they might finish second or third, and they might get to the second round, or they might not, and you just you just don't know. So, uh, but I think I think there is some element of that of we want to be a stable franchise. Well, um, so we've talked about the one player that Portland has added, and potentially you know another name or two that they may um, since we've last recorded uh, Pucklandia, they have added two goaltenders and auditioned a third, which is kind of an odd, you know, set of events. I mean, it's kind of been goalie Mageddon around here. I mean, where, where do you, where do you, where do you want to start with, uh, with, with the two goaltenders they've, they've, they've brought in and, and another one that, uh, you know, that came to town for, uh, for, for a practice. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's been a, it's been a very interesting situation with the goaltending. You, you had Jan Spooner who, who went out, um, in in the Everett game back in November, and he's probably still a little ways away. You know, he's not even doing on ice stuff at the moment. Uh, then you lose um, you lose Luke Brunin, uh, so a, a couple of games later, and then Justin March goes down, and so they trade for uh, Nikovakian uh, after the Brunin injury uh, when he got run in Wenatchee, and then March gets hurt, and then you're running just 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 Avakian, who was the third goalie in Tri-City. So, you know, they're just – I've never seen anything like this, and I know Andy Kemper, who's the team historian, had put out some a stat about, you know, how often, you know, Portland has had to use this number of goalies. And, uh, you know, Kurt, who who's a contributor to PNW Hockey Talk, had, had some stat as well of, you know, where I think Portland has had used their – technically their third and fourth string goalies like 17 games and the rest of the league total has used their third string or fourth string like 22 times or something like that um kurt will probably is listening he'll correct me on that but um you know he he had a really good stat on that too so you know portland is doing what they're doing right now you know 35 games in and you know with, with really out there they're kind of top for sure top two net miners and, and now they're kind of going going there and, and now they earlier this week they signed Merrick Schlenker who's uh, who had a really strong uh, Neely Cup and has been playing really well uh, with his U18 program and you know you know I think he was his fifth in goals against average and, and third I think in same percentage in, in that league and he's a 17 year old so he's He's not, you know, kind of the, the right age for, for a rookie goaltender, if you will. So he's going to be with the team. So I think we'll, we'll be done seeing some of these unnamed goalies and don't have to talk about emergency goalies now for a little while, hopefully as I'm knocking on my desk here while I'm saying that. Um, but, yeah, it's just been an absolute chaos and whirlwind there. And I think you have to give a lot of credit to Avakian and, and, and how he's come in and kind of helped stabilize things March as well and but you know Avakian new team and you know he got he found out he was getting traded I think it was like nine o'clock on on one night and then packed his bags and he was on his way to Portland and got a call from from Johnson about an hour or two into the drive from Kennewick and was like hey by the way you're starting tonight get your mind ready <laughs> and it's like okay uh you know and then we got to see him you know get the shutout uh in this most recent game and and I think just a sign of uh, and Kurt said this on Twitter as well, but you, you know we we were talking a lot, lot about this on, on press row in that Vancouver game of when you could see the guys really wanted that shutout for Avakian and just how happy they were for him. I think says a lot about this locker room. Uh, Kurt would probably agree with me on that. And I, I'm sure you've you've seen it as well because I know you get a whole bunch of different vantage points throughout the rink throughout the game. Um, and so, you know, I I think that's one thing that that Portland has does have right now is a very welcoming locker room and, and kind of helping these guys out and get, getting them comfortable. And, uh, you know, Avakian is just talking about how, you know, thankful he is to land where, where he did with Portland. And, you know, he was joking how, Hey, I've, you know, I've had to face these guys and face their shots for nine games in my career. And now I don't, <laughs> now I'm on their team and it's nice. Uh, you know, we were joking after, after the, after the game on, on new year's of, Hey, you know, be, you know, in that game, I think the shots, I think Portland had like 50 shots, if I remember right, uh, 53 shots, I think, yeah. And they, 
he's like, yeah, I'm usually on the other end of that spectrum. I'm usually the one that's getting 53 shots, not the one that's getting 14. And it's like, it's kind of nice to be on the other end, (laughs) on the other end for once. So, uh, you know, he's, you know, it's, it's challenging. And, you know, Schmunar was, was likely going to be Czechia's number one goaltender. You know, they're going to play for bronze at the world juniors and, you know, Ulster got named, you know, the kind of divulging a little bit, but, you know, he went from, or, Diverting, that's the word I was looking for, diverting a little bit from your original question, but also gets named as one of the three best players for Czechia. That's really cool to see for, for him and how hard he's worked. But, you know, they're doing all this without their without their really top two goaltenders, and, and Spooner was just playing at another level and uh, was one of the best goalies in the league when, when he got hurt. So hopefully he's back here in the near future, and, you know, I think some of their what they decide to do in, with, with the goaltending situation is uh, and what – yeah, you know, if they make a move to try and bring in somebody, it might might give you an indication of what they feel like on Schmunar's uh, availability the rest of the year. Well, I feel you're you're you know qualified to to answer to this question. I've been meaning to to, to bug you about this, you know, over the last couple of weeks. But you know, with the scholarship program, uh, we don't do it by first half, second half semester anymore. It's a it's a full year, right? Yep, and so it's actually now they've started. To, they've even changed it. So based upon when you sign, um, you you even get three years of schooling guaranteed up front now. Um, and so that's changed uh, from when I, when I first started. Was started I think it was one year of guaranteed school. Then it jumped up to two, and now it's up to three years of guaranteed schooling. Of as soon as you sign your contract, I think if you sign, I think before you're 18, I think is the deal with that, and then I think it goes to the year by year thing. Um, but so you know, you're guaranteed uh, the three years of schooling. So, so if in the in the old system, uh, you know, Avakian would have, you know, if he played the game before Christmas and the game after Christmas, there's a sem- there's there's a semester and another semester, but it, in this one, he probably already had had that coming to him uh, you know from from his uh, previous uh, WHL stop yes so his and I, and I did get confirmation on this with his is based up, based upon when he signed his contract he would have been in the two-year piece um, based upon when he signed his contract and then he is now also in the if you play one game regardless first half second half it's a full year so now that he's in technically in his fourth season, as soon as he played one game this season for Tri-City, he was guaranteed a full year of school that, this year. Now whether now there will be conversations, and sometimes this is what you'll see with, with different trades and things, is different teams can pick up um, you know, the number of years of schooling and things like that. So um, most likely how it how it'll work out is, is you'll have um, you know, Tri-City will be responsible for the first two years of his schooling, and then if he doesn't sign a pro contract, and then Portland would be responsible for the third. Um, or they might decide to split it semester and semester. That, that's, those are all different things that kind of get worked out behind the scenes. But um, it's now based upon, so if Merrick Schlenker comes in and he's already gotten his, he will have gotten um, you know, some guaranteed years of schooling. But um, you know, any, any player like that, if they would have signed it, they, they're guaranteed it the moment they play one game that season. So... So essentially, uh, you know, the, the 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 cost of tuition is 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 real if you're the if you're the Port Winter mm-hmm. at this point. Yep, it's very real. And you know, Stan um, Stan Gert, who does a really good job with the Waha organization, and um, give him a, a quick shout out and all the work that he does. You know, uh, anytime you see the the Waha fifty fifty, uh, you know, the other fifty percent of that goes to help pay for these guys' schooling and education. Uh, he's got a booth and stuff that that's set up out on the concourse where you can buy you know jerseys and sticks and pucks and different things that that go to support the. Um, the players education fund and you know the jersey off the back raffles and things that they do there so uh but yeah all that money is is what is what um is used to to try and help pay for for some of the schooling and um 
you know, the scholarship program is, is, is a great opportunity and it, it can, and it can vary, you know, for, you know, if, if someone goes to, you know, a small school up in, in Canada, that costs very different than say Nick Perna going to university of Arkansas or Texas or wherever he is. Um, that's a very different level of schooling or Alex Overhart going to university of Denver that I think was like 40 or $45,000 versus, you know, someone who's going to a trade school and there's not knocking either one of those or either path or whatever school they elect to go to. It's just the finances of it is a very big difference. And, you know, the Winterhawks are responsible for whatever that player elects to do with his scholarship, as long as it's an accredited university or trade school. And to, to anybody, you know, that age and trying to find your path, um, my advice to you would be the trade school, but that's, you know, <laughs> that's just yes. me. Yep. At, at some at some point we're gonna have a world where nobody knows how to make anything and i think we're getting closer <laughs> to that every day so yeah and if you can make stuff like you can chad like i've seen some of the stuff you've you've produced and it's uh it's impressive and you know i i do words and pictures on a on a on a screen for my day job and you make stuff with your hands and i would be completely lost so yeah. absolutely we need we need more guys like you out there yeah i can tell you it's it, it's and it's hard to find guys that know how to make anything <laughs> But, that's uh, very true yeah but that's neither here nor there but um yeah and then we didn't talk so we talked about what five goalies let's let's go let's uh that you know portland has the rights to or has signed let's talk you want to talk about a sixth that they have the the rights to that that made a little bit of splash in, in town here lately sure yeah so morgan stickney you know she came you know she's the first american um uh, female uh, drafted goalie drafted in the Western Hockey League and, and Portland drafted her and uh, she came in for she was not it they wanted her to come to the Neely Cup and training camp but she's playing for uh, Shattuck St. Mary's in, in Minnesota and, and they start their tryouts and, and their their program you know in, in that same August time frame so they weren't able to get her out uh, to training camp like they wanted and so they were they were able to bring her in for a visit over over the weekend and I uh, was able to get her into a practice on I think it was Monday if I'm remembering right if I can remember all my days that would have been New Year's Day was that right does it sound like a thing um, I can't even remember it anymore <laughs> these days have kind of run together but um, you know she did get an opportunity I was I was at the practice and along with uh, several other me media members and got a chance to talk with her a little bit and uh, you know she you know she's she's got a very interesting path she's got a very different set of choices and uh, you know she talked about her her goal is to be able to play in the professional women's hockey league that just got started here over the past couple of days as well which is a really cool experience a really cool opportunity for for the for the young women and, and women out there to be able to have um, a league that they, that they can aspire to um, you know, I think for women, just being very blunt, the the path right now is the NCAA. Uh, you know, all, a lot of the Canadians, I should say, especially, um, go to NCAA as well. And it, it's there isn't a, there isn't a junior A um, or major junior really for 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 the top end talent right now. There there's some programs and some opportunities out there and, and national team and stuff here and there at U eighteen level and things, but uh, it's it's just not at the level that, that the men are yet. Um, and I think that's going to change eventually, hopefully. But uh, for right now, it's it's just a, it's a unique uh, spot. So um, there there's some speculation and some questions out there of you know you know on, on the men's side if you know the moment a player plays one game or signs their standard player agreement in the WHL, they're no longer eligible to play in the NCAA. Um, and I'm still trying to track this down, but there, there's, you know, a couple of different sets of information out there right now that um, is that the same thing if, if Morgan Stickney were, were to come to play for Portland because men's hockey and women's hockey is technically classified as two different sports, and so she might still be eligible to play in the NCAA. I know there's a goalie, and I can't remember who it was who tweeted this to me, but there's a goalie who I think played in the OHL or the Q uh, and played two games and is now um, in, in, in Major Junior and is now playing, I think, for the University of Minnesota Duluth uh, in the NCAA. But um, I, I don't know for sure yet whether or not she would lose her, her eligibility. Uh, for, for NCAA, which would really limit her path if, if she were just based upon how, just what the women's game looks like right now. And, and that's, 
you know, I'm trying to say that as respectfully as I can. There's just not, it's just a different option right now. And, but by all, but by all accounts, she was, she was very personal. She was very, um, you know, she, she spoke well and, you know, she, you know, she's a 15 year old and I think there were six or seven cameras. There was multiple microphones, uh, big bright lights pointing at her and, and she stood there and, you know, answered all of our questions and she's been on Good Morning America and some of that. And she's, you know, she's got a bright future ahead of her, uh, you know, at, at, at the practice, you know, I think, you know, there were some moments where, you know, where she made some, some good saves. There were moments where James Stefan picked a corner on her, but there's also moments in the WHL games where James Stefan's picking a corner on a 20 year old WHL goalie, right? Like there's really no shame in James Stefan picking a corner on you. Um, but there were moments where she, um, where you could tell that she was a 15 year old prospect and that had nothing to do with the fact that she was, you know, male, female, whatever you want. And just, it's just a very different level of play than what she, what she had experienced before. So, um, all the guys were really excited. All the guys, you know, treated her really well. I, I talked to several of the guys afterwards, and you know, they were just, you know, it was a fun day at practice, despite you know them getting bag skated at the end and, and all that. But they, they, everybody had good things to say about the experience. You know, when she came off the ice, she was smiling from ear to ear. You could see it through her mask. So, uh, by all accounts, she really enjoyed her time here. Uh, I, I would say right now, um, if you wanted my my honest assessment, I, I don't think. It's likely she plays a game for the Winterhawks, but uh, I hope I'm wrong in, in that case, and I hope that she has the ability to, to earn it uh, if this is something that she decides she wants to do. Yeah, that's that's really, you know, I feel the same way about, you know, most, most points you've made. I mean, that's really interesting. I hadn't really thought about NCAA eligibility on the women's side of the game. I mean, you know, up until... I mean, you know, there was – it's kind of like the the USFL and the XFL, and now they've merged. I mean, the and they're going to have whatever they do for, for spring pro football in in the States here. But, you know, the, the, the women's leagues were kind of like that. There was the two of them competing, and, and now they've – they're united. And, you know, it's it's kind of a weird thing to have it came up with, you know, names yet. But, you know, for those of us that, for, for, that haven't really been following it, I mean, they've been filling the barns, you know, the last couple of – you know, they just yep. started this week, and people are into it, and they've been getting, you know, good traffic on the internet. And I mean, I haven't, I haven't caught any of the games yet, but so far, I mean, at least, at least the start has been a splash. But so, I mean, you know, before this week, really, there wasn't professional women's hockey, so the NCAA didn't really have to think about that. You know, I wouldn't. They probably don't have. You know, you don't have that policy for for volleyball or softball or like you know these kinds of you know, where, where women don't necessarily have the opportunity to, 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 you know, go pro in their, in their fields. And so, yeah, I kind of wonder about that. And it's, again, it's, it's kind of a, you know, if, if any of the, if it comes to fruition at all, like, you know, it's, it's unique and, and, and new and hasn't been done before, but yeah, that'd be pretty ideal if, you know, she could play major junior and then, and then NCAA. And then that way you're, 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 you're winning all the way around, you know, if, if that's possible, but you know, it's, and you know, it's, it's, it, and if it's, you know, you, we already mentioned, a you know, a, fi- a 15 year old Jimmy Snugger would come into camp and, and then his pathway went a different way and that's good for him too. And so maybe that's, maybe that's the way this one goes. And I think everybody wants to, I think most people anyway, want to, to see her, you know, keep that scholarship open because that's important. But we've also talked to, uh, just a few minutes ago about you get a scholarship for playing here too, you know, so. You know, that, yep. that isn't so bad. And so it's kind of, you know, if she's good enough, she'll get the opportunity. And if she's not, then we'll move on because that's, you know, it's if, if hockey's a meritocracy, and I believe it to be, then, you know, yeah, you, you're going to earn your earn your uh, opportunities. And, you know, it's it, it's fun because it's new and it's groundbreaking. But, you know, ultimately, and, <laughs> you know, sometimes you never have enough goalies in the system. That's you know, another thing we've talked about tonight. So, but, yeah, yeah it's, and- a, it's, it's a fun story. Yeah, and there was a lot of questions and things around, um, you know, like, hey, why can't why can't she play? And like, she, a, she's fifteen, and you know, fifteen year olds can't play in the league. Um, I think outside of the five or six games, but also it's different for USA Hockey versus um, Hockey Canada. Um, once you've started your season, 
in USA Hockey, you can't make the jump as a 15-year-old to playing any games um, in the Hockey Canada system, which is what the WHL falls into. So um, they couldn't even give her a look, even if she were to have signed, um, until at least next season um, when she's a 16-year-old. Um, so there, there's that piece as well. Um, I, I do also, you know, I don't want to get into this. Uh, I don't, I, but I just, I would be remiss if I didn't, didn't say it as a reporter. Um, there is connections with with her dad to the organization. Um, Ken, her her father Ken um, had connections with Bill Gallagher. Um, I'll let everyone look that up on their own. Um, so uh, I'm not going to get into any of that, but it is it is worth it is part of the story. It's not a part of the story that I'm going to cover or talk about. Um, but it is, there is some connection with the family to the organization. Uh, so she is familiar with Portland and, um, knew a lot about it, you know, outside of, you know, being drafted and everything like that. So, um, you know, and, and we've seen that with, you know, other players and other things like that as well. But, uh, yeah, so she absolutely has some, some opportunities to, um, you know, be able to play here should that be what she wants to do and, and what, what's best for the team and for her and for her path. But, you know, by all accounts and everything that, that I've seen from her, I think she's got a really bright future ahead, and I think there's a lot to be excited about for her. Yeah, yeah, you know, and then one thing, too, that I was kind of pleasantly surprised. I figured there would be a lot of – I mean, you know, you, you, don't, you don't, don't read any comment section about any article anywhere, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I kind of expected to be a lot more shitty comments than there was. There was a couple, you know. I saw yep. a few, but there always is. Yep. There, but I thought it was not very many. Like for some reason, we're you know, I've, society has progressed at least as far as goaltending in major junior in one particular town. That you know, we're kind of like maybe okay with this if it if it happens or whatever. You know what I mean? Yep. Like. And so, you know, people, you know, uh, you know, old, old white dudes weren't as threatened as they maybe are in some other occasions. So I, I was kind of happy with that. There was, there was a, there was a couple I saw and I'm like, yeah, you know, you know, you're, you're, you're the victim here, dude, you know, like (laughs) figure it out. But yeah, so it's, but, and, and so that was, that was a nice thing. And, 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 uh, you know, I, I, I liked that part of it because you're like, you know, you see a number of comments, you're like, oh man, okay, maybe, maybe I'll look into this and like, oh, look at that, a bunch of thumbs up emojis and, you know, hey, way to go, you know, Morgan or whatever. Like, oh, okay, that's, that's nice, you know, it's good, you know, because again, no matter where she ends up and whatever success level she has, like, you know, she doesn't need like, you know, guys like us being shitty to her, you know, like that's, that's not, that's not going to help anybody, you know? Right. It does, it does nobody any good. And, you know, you just, all, all that you hope for is that she, you know, has, you know, has the best opportunities out in front of her and, and she goes out there and, and earns it. And, you know, she's working hard and, you know, I can't remember her exact quote, but she's got, you know, I had asked her, you know, do you have a, you know, I ask a lot of the, the, the players and prospects and different things, if they've got a quote or favorite, um, favorite quote or saying but i can't remember exactly what hers is but it's so i apologize i'm probably going to do it not the right justice here but it's basically like um work hard no one cares or something like that or like congratulations no one cares it's something along those lines of just um and i wish i I had it here in front of me i have it in my transcribed audio but um i'm not in front of that computer at the moment but um basically she's got something up there about just you know keep hard you know keep working hard and and no one cares how how hard you work so far keep working so um you know she you can tell she's got the drive she's got the passion um and there's there's you know she's got a very bright future ahead of her if I remember right, it, I, it was it was I saw the audio, uh, the video of it, and it was no yeah. no one cares, work harder. There it is. That's it. Yep. I think. Yep. I think. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. It was. <laughs> yeah. That was one of those where, uh, um, kind of behind the scenes a little bit, I was able to, you know, some of the the traditional media were in there and they they just had a lot of questions and and so it was fun to be able to kind of kind of talk to some of the the tv reporters and like no here's kind of how this league works and no they're not affiliated with the blackhawks like you know there's still some of those questions <laughs> that you have to answer a little bit so uh you know so i was able to to ask a lot of the questions that that you saw in the press conference there a lot of those came from came from me and nick and you know there's a couple from from the traditional media that were, that were there as well but uh 
uh, yeah, that that was that was definitely one of the questions that, that I had to ask because I, I had a little bit of insight into that when I talked to her after the draft uh, over the summer that she had a that she had that flag up there or, or that saying. So um, I was like, this might be a good one to have show up in the press conference. So we gave you know that's one of those what we call a, a softball in the business here. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so we should probably start you know thinking towards the end of this. I mean, this is. You know, for the for the listeners, this is what passes for a a a, uh, a quick a, a quick show between the, the two of us here. I know Josh has got things to do, and 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 I was just look, you know, reflecting on on what we've talked about so far. We spent a lot of time talking about a couple players that may never play for this team. <laughs> so it's kind of yeah, it's kind of just the the, the yeah. way the way it works out with the the timing of things. Um, do you have uh, do you have any, any kind of finishing thoughts you wanna you wanna put on? Uh, on this this episode here recorded on the the 4th of of January not really you know I think other than just the fact of this is you know it's junior hockey get out and get out to the rink if you haven't been it's it's a lot of fun um and if you have been get out there again like these guys need your support they really feed off off the crowd anytime you talk to them after the game like I do and you know on record or off record they're there's always a comment about the crowd and you know it's like oh there was only a few thousand people here but boy were they loud tonight or wow it's different when there's eight thousand people in the building and and they're all you know you know rowdy and cheering and everything so um they can absolutely hear the fans so i keep making the noise for them and you know there's there's a lot of fun stories on this team there's a lot of guys that are that are working really hard trying to sign their pro contract or, or trying to earn a contract or trying to climb up in the draft rankings and so you know there's there's just a lot of you know cool stories and cool opportunities that that are out there um so you know get out and support this team and and also remember that these are 16 to 20 year olds um these aren't professional hockey league players uh and, and nhl guys out there so um they are trying their best as uh as one guy said I, i'm not purposely trying to shoot the puck into the stands i'm not trying to put my team on the penalty kill uh despite what some fan might have yelled at him when he had his la- latest delay game penalty like i wasn't trying to give our penalty kill more work like that's not my intention right so um you know keep that in mind as well and and that you know we we saw it a little bit with with canada and one of their players having to go uh, turn his some of his social media into end up into a private account. Just just remember that there there are these are humans and and young men um, that are out there uh, playing a game for for your entertainment. Um, and you know as as much as we're talking about you know trades and moving players, you know there is a human element to this as well. So uh, try not to forget that as well if you can. Yeah, yeah, you know, middle reliever on the Kansas City Royals. I mean, you can you can direct more abuse to to somebody like that, but you know these these guys are, you know, they're they're our kids. You know, I mean, we got to yep. yeah. And uh, you know, then and if you're listening to this on uh, Friday, then uh, you know, silver tips tonight. If you're and uh, which should be a, a tough one, and then the uh, Prince George on Saturday should be a measuring stick game, if you will. Um, you know, if you make it down to Cartside, tell them you listen to the show, and uh, and they should give you happy hour prices on beers, which is a a nice uh, perk. And then uh, and then the the, I, the Monday games kind of creep it up on me. Afternoon game, right? Yeah, it's I believe it's a two o'clock game on on the fifteenth there for uh, Martin Luther King Day. So uh, yeah, it'll be a two o'clock game for against Kamloops. It used to be more more common <laughs> in the schedule, and then. Uh, and then they quit doing it for a little while, and then now we're now we're doing it again. So I just I just noticed that the other day. So I gotta I gotta change my schedule around a little bit. But uh, but but yeah, oh, I, don't, I, I don't mind that. Yeah, I had somebody ask me, believe it or not, I get all sorts of questions on press rail. But one person came up and asked me, "Where is Cartside?" And do, is there like a website or anything you can give them where they can try and find more information not to put you on the spot? But they're like, yeah, I was listening to your guys' show and you mentioned Cartside, and I'm always looking for a place to grab something to eat or drink and. And they said cart side, but I I couldn't tell if you said cart side or heart side or whatever, and I just wasn't sure. So, is there like a website or anything you can can help the help this guy out? I, I can't. I'm sorry, man. I know you came up and talked to me, and I was like, I'll try and give you a shout out on the pod, and I totally spacing on the guy's name now, so I apologize. It's uh no, it's it's good. I try to put a, a you know a link in the a link in the show notes, but um oh there you go. Okay, so it's it's on it's on Williams. It's it's walking distance from the rink, just just north of there. If you go, you know, just north of the uh, the ramp to I five there, uh, up, up Williams, up past um, 
the gas station on the corner there, just like half a block north of Broadway, north of the. Uh, by Toyota. It's it's right by there. It's it's okay. it's it's yeah. right by there, and they and they've just expanded. They were um, they opened up the the indoor seating uh, a little bit. There's a little more room. They knocked down a wall, uh, I believe, just this week. They were working on the uh, uh, an upper deck, like a like a mezzanine type of area, and then there's like there's some heaters in the the outdoor section and the uh the, the cart the carts are solid there the guys are the guys are cool and even you know with the trailblazers you know the way that they are these days even when there's a trailblazers game it's not that crowded you know in the past it would get pretty busy when the you know when the two events were going but i don't think anybody cares about the trailblazers right now so <laughs> there's it has it hasn't even been that bad over there but you know, and it's, yeah. you know, in the past I would, you know, whatever we do for pregame, I'd kind of get sick of it and try to move it around. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty content with, with, uh, with the, the services these guys provide. So, you know, I'm not a, what's the, what's the, that old ad? I'm, I'm not only the, 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 the president, I'm also the, a member or whatever. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I so, can't remember what it is either, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So, I know what you're talking about. So, you know, I, I, you don't, you never know if, 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 if that guy that's pitching that product actually uses it, but, um. But but this is a case where uh, you know I, I I did a full a full season of of, of uh, testing before I brought them onto the to the show. So there you go, there you go. And I, I've seen you tweet out some photos from there from time to time as well. So yeah, you're absolutely. I can can confirm. My sources can confirm. Chad does visit Artside. Yeah, it's a it's a cool so, spot. So uh, yeah, big yeah. big big games this weekend, and then uh, you know yep. can- Canvas is always fun. You know, regardless of uh, you know where they're at in the standings. So. Absolutely. And pay attention to, uh, you know, what Josh is, has going. He's always got some articles coming, and, uh, you know, they're, they're, it's, it's a yeah. good good source of information on the team. Yeah, and stay tuned here as uh, we'll do our best to try and keep you updated as, as the trade deadline comes and comes and goes and try and at least get you confirmation when they're done uh, or if they've made a move or if they're going to keep making moves and different things like that. I'll do my best to try and keep you updated on on Twitter and social media and all that. So, um, yeah, give it, feel free to give a follow, and uh, we'll, we'll see you around the rink. All right. Thanks for your time, Josh.